Hello and welcome to the Lazy Book Club podcast, the book club for those who don't want to read or leave the house. My name is Matt Gonzalez. Pour gravy over me and call me Charlie. It's David Cox. (laughs) And I'm Josh Matheson. Gravy. I have to think of stuff on the spot. Call me Biscuit. (laughs) This is the first time I've ever heard you complain about like your workload over there. You're like, you don't know what pressure I'm under. (laughs) <laughs> the listeners are waiting for something original and hilarious. Uh, oh dear. Well, this week we are looking at chapter 18 of Treasure Island, which is narrative continued by the Doctor, end of the first day's fighting. So those of you who were listening last week will know that the Doctor, Squire, and the Captain and some others have done their last journey towards the shore and unfortunately realised that they left some people on the ship with access to a cannon who obviously very promptly started shooting at them, alerting all the pirates on the island that something was kicking off and to their location. And to top it all off, their boat was overladen and started sinking. So we've now left them where they are now ashore, I believe, but with only half of the provisions that they'd put in the ship because the rest of them went down with the boat and basically being closed in on from all sides by the pirates on the islands who are outnumbering them, not outgunning them, but are definitely outnumbering them. So, yeah, it's not looking good right now. I mean, if this was modern times and you had, you know, AR-15s and guns that could shoot more than one shot within two minutes, then I'd say that my money would be on the Doctor and that lot. But because they have guns where you shoot once and then that's it, you've got they've got a lot of time to run in and get them before they can load another one. So it's not looking good right now. Anyone got any ideas as to how they might be able to save their own skins? Well, that's you hide in a tree. I don't know. You've got to make a very good defendable area where Mm. having two guns is an advantage. Can they get up high? If they've got high ground, yeah. If they're about to come onto the beach, if they can find a way to sort of get there before they come down, because they could be, you know, five minutes away, the pirates. I don't know. Although they said they heard Mm. voices. So the only way would work if you could get yourself high up in a position, if the beach is sort of looked down on all areas, then they're kind of sitting ducks. That's the best case scenario. If they're just going to run onto the beach and the pirates just storm on there, then those two guns might kill two pirates, but then the pirates with all their knives will get to them yeah. and they'll be stabbed up into little bits within the five but minutes. I'm wondering, I, I was just thinking, like, is it the case that if you were to take out two ringleaders, would that bring the others into line? If you managed to take out Silver with the gun, I wonder if that might put pause at least to the mutiny. Right, well, you know, it might not stop it outright, but do you know what I mean? Maybe then people might second guess it. I don't know. Yeah, do you know what I'd do? I'd do. I'd, I'd, I'd say what I'd do. And then Josh, you can speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Put, put, hide the guns and like rip all your clothes in a way to make you look like you've become like ravenous and mad. And just as soon as the pirates come to the beach, just start running at them like mad, crazy, wild people. Oh, yes. yes. And they could be like, oh, God, they've, they've become like savages. They've gone feral. Yeah. I reckon if you own that enough, they'd probably be too scared to like stab you because they'd be like, oh, that's going to happen to us. Yeah. Just like, like, what the, uh, you're, you're going for the lost boy approach. 
Because yes. all the Lost Boys did against the Wolves, wasn't it? They like ran at yeah. them and showed them their bottoms or whatever, and the Wolves went, they you're weird, and ran away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very true. Okay, I'm liking so, the Lost Boy approach. Though I was just thinking, this was the fifth load of boatload of stuff so maybe they do have more weapons waiting on the beach yeah but i think the problem was is that they couldn't get back to where their other stuff was because the tide was pushing them Uh, so they're gonna have to try and get to the other stash i think but then also you run the risk of leading the pirates to where you've dumped everything else as well so yeah it's kind of like one of those things where do we do we go there knowing we can defend that position because there's more arms or do we stay where we are, try and deal with them here and get them to run away so that they don't know where we've stashed everything else? Mm, I think you've got yeah. the, the, the eyes have it there, Matt. Mm. Chapter 18. Narrative continued by the Doctor. End of the first day's fighting. We made our best speed across the strip of wood that now divided us from the stockade, and at every step we took, the voices of the buccaneers rang nearer. Soon we could hear their footfalls as they ran, and the cracking of the branches as they breasted across a bit of thicket. I began to see we should have a brush for it in earnest, and looked to my priming. Captain, said I, Trelawney is the dead shot. Give him your gun. His own is useless. They exchanged guns, and Trelawney, silent and cool as he had been since the beginning of the bustle, hung a moment on his heel to see that all was fit for service. At the same time, observing Grey to be unarmed, I handed him my cutlass. It did all our hearts good to see him spit in his hand, knit his brows, and make the blade sing through the air. It was plain from every line of his body that our new hand was worth his salt. Forty paces farther, we came to the edge of the wood and saw the stockade in front of us. We struck the enclosure about the middle of the south side, and almost at the same time, seven mutineers, Joe Anderson, the boatswain at their head, appeared in full cry at the southwestern corner. They paused as if taken aback, and before they recovered, not only the squire and I, but Hunter and Joyce from the blockhouse had time to fire. The four shots came in rather a scattering volley, but they did their business. One of the enemy actually fell, and the rest without hesitation turned and plunged into the trees. So they shot off four shots at seven people, and only one of them got hit. It's not great. Yeah, but we, we've already established that they're really inaccurate, these things, aren't they? Yeah, and obviously Trelawney's um, probably the only person who actually managed to hit someone. <laughs> he struck someone on the boat, didn't he? From like quite yeah, a long way. Yeah, he did, yeah. And, yeah. and the only reason now. he missed the person he was aiming for was because the person realised and ducked. Yeah. And then taking yeah. out the person behind so, him. He's the Hawkeye, yeah. Yeah. Is it the two guns with two barrels? Bang, 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 bang. I think they're the very, judging by the picture of him standing up in the boat last time, I think it's this kind of gun. Right. But yeah, there seems to be a little tube underneath and then a big one, but it's more like the musket rather than like the pistol. Because the pistols used to be like the double barrel pistols, didn't they? With the two hammers at the back. And so you got Uh two shots out of them. After reloading, we walked down the outside of the palisade to see to the fallen enemy. He was stone dead, 
shot through the heart. We began to rejoice over our good success when just at that moment a pistol cracked in the bush. A ball whistled close past my ear, and poor Tom Redruth stumbled and fell his length on the ground. Both the squire and I returned the shot, but as we had nothing to aim at, it is probable we only wasted powder. Then we reloaded and turned our attention to poor Tom. The captain and Gray were already examining him, and I saw with half an eye that all was over. I believe the readiness of our return volley had scattered the mutineers once more, for we were suffered without further molestation to get the poor old gamekeeper hoisted over the stockade and carried, groaning and bleeding, into the log house. So they have actually got, like, a fort. There's, like, a stockade, Mm. a wall. They said they were climbing over, like, a plank. So they've obviously got some kind of plank that they can pull back to kind of make a fortified position. So where did they find this? Is it been left by somebody... In the past, I'm assuming. We thought. I guess some people spent spent like a year there. So I guess. Oh, I suppose yes. Guns, guns, like teams spent months like looking for stuff there, didn't they? We just, I just assumed they'd lived on the ship. I didn't, I didn't think they'd build on the island. The fact that it's so nonchalantly. Oh yes, we'll just pop over here into the log cabin, like it's a state park. Yeah, you know, and it'll be like, oh, we, we happened to find a primitive dwelling, and so we went inside. Oh, look, there's a thing. Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah, I know what you mean. It's quite, it's quite it casual, does, yeah. I didn't realise the pirates had pistols. I thought that they uh, they had all the guns. Yeah, so right. apparently, the pirates do have pistols, just not the big guns. Mm. Poor old fellow. He had not uttered one word of surprise, complaint, fear, or even acquiescence from the very beginning of our troubles till now, when we had laid him down in the log-house to die. He had lain like a Trojan behind his mattress in the gallery. He had followed every order silently, doggedly, and well. He was the oldest of our party by a score of years, and now, sullen, old, serviceable servant, It was he that was to die. The squire dropped down beside him on his knees and kissed his hand, crying like a child. Oh, so it's Trelawney in the photo at the start. Oh, it's Trelawney. Because I was thinking it must be the doctor or something because they're wearing the wig. Yes. He doesn't look very old there. He doesn't. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't look old. But then old, I'm guessing I'd probably be some old man in this time. Being like would, 35 is probably like over the hill. Well past it, yeah. Yeah. Be I going, doctor? He asked. Tom, my man, said I, you're going home. I wish I had had a lick at them with a gun first, he replied. Tom, said the squire, say you forgive me, won't you? Would that be respectful like from me to you, squire? Was the answer. Howsoever, so be it, amen. After a little while of silence, he said he thought somebody might read a prayer. It's the custom, sir, he added apologetically. And not long after, without another word, he passed away. In the meantime, 
the captain, whom I observed to be wonderfully swollen about the chest and pockets, had turned out a great many various stores, the British colours, a Bible, a coil of stoutish rope, pen, ink, the log book, and pounds of tobacco. Pounds of tobacco. <laughs> pounds of the priorities. He's just looking like a uh, drug so- dealer, just like baggies yeah. and baggies of weed, just like yeah. his yeah. pockets. Now, a normal packet is about 25 grams, and a pound is approximately yeah. about 240 grams. So it's about 10 of those big He's got these got huge cocaine bricks of like... <laughs> yeah. He's like, phew, we're going to survive. We'll yeah, fine. exactly, we'll the essentials. Have we got any food? No. No, <laughs> but he's, I'm lighting up right now. We've got the pipe weed. Mm. He had found a longish fir tree lying felled and trimmed in the enclosure, and with the help of Hunter, he had it set up at the corner of the log house, where the trunks crossed and made an angle. Then, climbing on the roof, he had, with his own hand, bent and run up the colours. Needs must must fly the British flag. Yeah. This seemed mightily to relieve him. He re-entered the log house and set about counting up the stores as if nothing else existed. But he had an eye on Tom's passage for all that, and as soon as it was all over, came forward with another flag and reverently spread it on the body. Don't you take on, sir, he said, shaking the squire's hand. All's well with him. No fear for a hand that's been shot down in his duty to captain and owner. It mayn't be good divinity, but it's a fact. Then he pulled me aside. Dr. Livesey, he said, in how many weeks do you and squire expect the consort? I told him it was a question not of weeks, but of months, that if we were not back by the end of August, blandly was to send to find us, but neither sooner nor later. You can calculate for yourself. Ah, so that's the backup plan. That's why they abandoned the ship. They're like someone else. Basically, they have, yeah, they have someone basically saying, if we don't turn up by August, can you come and find us? This is where we're heading. So that's probably why they're like, oh, it's fine, we can leave the ship, because as long as we can wake the pirates out, we'll always have a way to get home. Why, yes, returned the captain, scratching his head, and making a large allowance, sir, for all the gifts of providence, I should say we were pretty close-hauled. How do you mean? I asked. It's a pity, sir, we lost that second load. That's what I mean, replied the captain. As for powder and shot, we'll do. But the rations are short, very short. So short, Dr. Livesey, that we're perhaps as well without that extra mouth. And he pointed to the dead body under the flag. Just then, with a roar and a whistle, a round shot passed high above the roof of the log house and plumped far beyond us in the wood. Oh, said the captain. Blaze away! You've little enough powder already, my lads! At the second trial, the aim was better, and the ball descended inside the stockade, scattering a cloud of sand, but doing no further damage. Captain, said the squire, the house is quite invisible from the ship. It must be the flag they are aiming at. Would it not be wiser to take it in? 
strike my colours, cried the captain. No, sir, not I. And as soon as he had said the words, I think we all agreed with him. For it was not only a piece of stout, seemingly good feeling, it was good policy, besides, and showed our enemies that we despised their cannonade. All through the evening they kept thundering away. Ball after ball flew over, or fell short, or kicked up the sand in the enclosure. But they had to fire so high that the shot fell dead and buried itself in the soft sand. We had no ricochet to fear, and though one popped in through the roof of the log house and out again through the floor, we soon got used to that sort of horse play and minded it no more than cricket. There is one good thing about all this, observed the captain. The wood in front of us is likely clear. The ebb has made a good while. Our stores should be uncovered. Volunteers to go and bring in the pork. Gray and Hunter were the first to come forward. Well armed, they stole out of the stockade, but it proved a useless mission. The mutineers were bolder than we fancied, or they put more trust in Israel's gunnery, for four or five of them were busy carrying off our stores and wading out with them to one of the gigs that lay close by, pulling an oar or so to hold her steady against the current. Silver was in the stern sheets in command, and every man of them was now provided with a musket from some secret magazine of their own. Mm. The captain sat down to his log, and here is the beginning of the entry. So basically they've just found out that the mutineers had their own stash. They did. I don't know where they found it, but they did. <laughs> where were they? Were they, they sell a tape to the bottom of the ship or something? Like, How on earth have they managed to sneak well, so many guns aboard? <laughs> unless Silver like, buried it there last time. I don't know. Do you reckon like he's been hiding them in, in all the food stores? Like, oh yes, this is just a sack of potatoes, not anything else. And there's just like rifles at the bottom of it. Yeah, but he didn't take anything on board. He just like, all of him, him and his pirates just kind of jumped off and ran around the island. They didn't take a boatload of stuff with them, did they? No, but they in this time that they've been holed up in the stockade, they may have gone and gone. So they have use of the oh. ship now. Do you remember, they can just go back to the ship and grab whatever they want. True. But obviously it was hidden around. They've, they've hidden their own stash of weapons somewhere. Alexander Smollett, master. David Livesey, ship's doctor. Abraham Gray, carpenter's mate. John Trelawney, owner. John Hunter and Richard Joyce, owner's servants, landsmen. Being all that is left faithful of the ship's company, with stores for ten days at short rations, came ashore this day and flew British colours on the log house in Treasure Island. Thomas Redruth, owner's servant, landsman, shot by the mutineers. James Hawkins, cabin boy. And at the same time, I was wondering over poor Jim Hawkins' fate. A hail on the land side. Somebody's hailing us, said Hunter who was on guard. Doctor! Squire! Captain! Hello? Hunter, is that you? Came the cries, and I ran to the door, in time to see Jim Hawkins, safe and sound, come climbing over the stockade. End of chapter. We actually have a photo here of... And a little picture here. at the end here. But I just love that, like, that, that stockade doesn't look very high, does it? 
No, it doesn't. I suppose it's fine if you're not expecting the people on the inside to shoot you as you come over. So there's a little bit more of an inconvenience if you are a hostile force. Just but like yeah, Jim seems to get eight. over that very easily. Yeah. Without much trouble. Maybe they can build, make it bigger. Hopefully they'll be able to well, I say I think use the fear of the guns is the main thing that probably keeps them safe rather than the actual size of the wall around them. Mm. So they've only got rations for 10 days. 10 days. So it's definitely a race against time. So they're saying it's going to be months until the, the ship turns up coming to look for them. It's probably nine so, and a half days now that Jim's come mm, back. Yeah, and this is the thing. We were obviously sitting there going like, oh, how are they going to beat the pirates? How are they going to beat the pirates? That's the biggest threat. But actually, hunger is the biggest threat threat here probably dehydration is probably the first threat actually surely there's a cheeky coconut knocking around somewhere well you hope so because of the convenience of modern life we don't consider like food and water to be the first thing that like you have to secure because you're just used to just turning the tap on and there being water or like just going to the cupboard there being food but yeah you know our first thought was like oh yeah the people attacking you are the biggest threat but actually right the people on the boat run out of water Oh, I suppose they can just come, come and go now, can't they? But yeah, but they've, but yeah, you're right. That's obviously why they've gone looking for the stores as well, because obviously they went out to go and get the pork that they'd left, and it was already gone. So everybody's kind of trying to secure and fortify their positions. And I do wonder if the next powder kind of keg to ignite isn't actually going to be one to finding the treasure, but it could be resources. Do you know what I mean? Like you could end up having one side attacking the other to get what's left of their food or their water or their munitions. That was munitions. the real treasure all along. Well, but this their is this is the truth because, like, how many friendship times, and pork? How many times <laughs> the humans, you know, put money and things like that, and, it, and it's worthless when it actually yeah. comes to this kind of scenario. It's completely worthless when the end of the world. Mm occurs you know money isn't going to get you very far you're going to need water and food and shelter mm. that's all that matters and i'd be like we should have stayed at the pub <laughs> was that the winchester arms or whatever it is mm. i think it's time to play guess what the next chapter's called well it's chapter 19 so it's david first david um in the summertime gar- garrison for place log cabin they catch up on what each other's got to they'll catch up in the garrison okay yeah i think it's going to stay with dr livesey i don't think we're going into a new section so i feel like we're going to say so i think narr- narration continued by dr livesey jim introduces gun or the local man appears or something like that all right okay well with shopping with hmm. the shopping where he can the show shop. them how to survive on the island because he would have run out of provisions years ago. Exactly, he's got. So he's, he's, got he's actually probably quite handy. He is. Uh, well, no, nothing for Matt, I'm afraid. So I'll oh. chuck some points in David's direction for the word garrison, which does feature. Ah. Chapter 19 is called "Narrative Resumed" by Jim Hawkins. What? The garrison in the stockade. No, I'm sorry. How can you change narrative narrator when you haven't? changed section of book now i reckon i got about three quarters of a point there yeah i I mentioned jim didn't i yeah mentioned the word rubbing it in not left location (laughs) the character well if you've got any thoughts or opinions on this chapter you can message us on the lazy book club at gmail.com 
or if you would like to tell us how high the wall would need to be for Jim not to be able to get over it, you can tell us on Twitter. It's at Lazy Book Club Pod. Sure. Uh, what would you do for some pork? Tell us on Instagram at Lazy Book Club. Pod. Keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, we're also on Patreon. We're for the small fee of three dollars a month, you get an extra episode. Uh, otherwise, we will see you next week for Chapter 19. We're back with Jim. Narrative mm. resumed by Jim Hawkins, the garrison in the stockade. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.